0: to your Denver City Council. Please stand by. Full coverage of your Denver City Council begins now.
1: Today's meeting is being interpreted into Spanish. Sam and Alejandro, um, well, thanks for being here. Would you please introduce yourselves and let our viewers know how to enable translation on their devices?
2: Of course. Thank you very much for having me here with you today. Um, my name is Alejandro, and thank you for your patience as I provide these instructions in Spanish. Eh, hola a todos. Gracias por tenerme aquí con ustedes. Mi nombre es Alejandro Arrieta. Si usted prefiere participar en el idioma de su corazón, siendo el español, Después de estas instrucciones, va a haber un icono de radio en la parte de abajo, mano derecha, en su pantalla. En ese momento, asegúrese de seleccionar ese icono de interpretación, escoger el español y, si es necesario, poner el audio original en silencio. Gracias. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Alejandro. Welcome to the Denver City Council meeting of Monday, January 16th, 2023. Council members, please rise as you're <coughs> able and join Councilman Hines in the Pledge of Allegiance. The Flag of the United States
3: of America to recover the Richard one nation under god indivisible with liberty,
4: for all.
1: thank you very much council members please join councilman hines as he leads us in the denver city council land acknowledgement
5: the denver city council honors and acknowledges that the land on which we reside is the traditional territory of the ute Cheyenne and Arapaho peoples we also recognize the 48 contemporary tribal nations that are historically tied to the lands that make up the state of Colorado we honor elders past present and future and those who have stewarded this land throughout generations we also recognize that government academic and cultural institutions are founded upon and continue to enact exclusions and erasures of indigenous peoples. May this acknowledgement demonstrate a commitment to working to dismantle ongoing legacies of oppression and inequities and recognize the current and future contributions of indigenous communities in Denver. Thank
1: you very much. Madam Secretary, roll call.
6: Sandoval. Sandoval. Aye. Alvidras. Aye. Flynn? Here. Gilmore? Here. Gonzalez Gutierrez? Here. Hines? Here. Cashman? Here. Lewis? Aye. Parody? Here. Romero Campbell?
7: I'm here. Here.
6: Sawyer? Here. Watson? Here or I. <laughs> Madam President?
7: Here.
8: I won't cry about that.
6: 13 members present.
1: Thank you very much. There are 13 members present. Council has a quorum. Approval of the minutes. Are there any corrections to the minutes of January 8th? Seeing none, the minutes stand approved. Council announcements, any announcements today? Councilwoman Sawyer.
4: Thanks, Madam President. Just wanted to remind everyone that we are having District Five Projects Night on January 30th, 530 to 730 PM at George Washington High School. It's a great opportunity for residents who've always wondered Why is this street closed or what what streets are being paved today or this year or any of those different kinds of things um, gives a great opportunity to come and connect directly with city agencies um, about some of those things, projects that are happening in District 5 in 2024. So please come and join us. You can find more information on our social media. It's January 30th, 530 to 730 p.m. at George Washington High School's gym. Thanks. Thank you very
7: much. Councilwoman Lewis. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to remind the residents of Montbello that they should receive their um, letter with instructions on how to get their compost bins. um, And those are due back by January 26th. That's it, thank you.
1: Thank you.
9: Councilwoman Alvidres. Thank you so much, Council President. I just wanted to take a quick minute to um, say how my last name is pronounced, which Council President Torres does a beautiful job. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you for that. Um, But it's Alvidres. And um, if you can't say that out is okay. Thank you, that's all.
10: (laughs) Thank you, councilman Watson. Thank you, council president. I just wanna share, we're having our second edition of barbershop talks in the fine district nine at house of hair at 28th and Fairfax on Wednesday, January 24th, 530 to seven. We have a great lineup of speakers to kind of talk through and engage with community on what's next in 2024. So barbershop talks in the fine district nine the house Up here at 20th and Fairfax, uh, next Wednesday, 5.30 to 7 p.m. Thank you, Madam President.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. Seeing no one else in queue, uh, there are no presentations, no communications, um, no proclamations being read this afternoon. Madam Secretary, will you read the bills for introduction?
6: From the Finance and Governance Committee, 23-23. 2015 a bill for an ordinance authorizing a capital equipment purchase from the risk management fund srf 11838 fund for denver parks and recreation from the land use transportation and infrastructure committee 23-1985 a bill for an ordinance changing the zoning classification for 4120 north federal boulevard in sunnyside 23-1987, a bill for an ordinance changing the zoning classification for 61, 73, 75, 87, and 95 North Lincoln Street in Spear. 23-1989, a bill for an ordinance changing the zoning classification for 3150 West Scott Place in Berkeley.
1: Thank you very much. Council members, this will be your last opportunity to call out an item. Councilman Hines, will you make the motions for us today?
5: Yes, council president. Thank
1: you, I'll do a recap. Under resolutions, council members and Lewis have called out resolution 1899 for a vote. Councilwoman Alvarez has called out resolution 1940 for questions and comments. Councilwoman Lewis has called out resolution 1975 for questions and comments. Uh, resolution 1986 for questions and comments and resolution 2018 for a vote. Um, and Council Resolutions uh, 39 and 37 in a block for questions and comments. Under bills for introduction, no items have been called out. Under bills for final consideration, uh, Councilwoman Parity has called out Bill 1960 for a motion to postpone. Uh, Councilman Flynn has also called this item out for a vote. Under pending, no items have been called out. Um, Madam Secretary, we put the first item on our screens. Bill 1940, a resolution uh, with, excuse me, Solar United Neighbors. Uh, Councilwoman Alvarez, go ahead with your questions on Resolution 1940.
9: Thank you, Council President. Um, I was just hoping somebody would be here from the organization to tell us a little bit about the program, I've heard of it, but just wanted some clarification because I think in the solar industry, uh, a lot of people come out and say they're with the city and they're not, so I'm hoping that someone's here to kind of tell us a little about, about the program. Do we have anyone? Come on up please to the podium
2: and introduce yourself before you respond. All right, hello everybody. My name is Lee Valenzuela. I work with Johnny Rogers over in the uh, CASER department. So we run the Solar United Neighbors program. So I'm happy to give you an overview of what that is. Essentially, it's a way to make getting residential solar easier for people in Denver. So we've worked on it since 2019 with Solar United Neighbors, which is a national nonprofit. This is their whole focus, is making residential solar more accessible. So in partnership, you know, we basically residents can just sign up and it becomes a very simple process for them. Solar United Neighbors runs a reverse auction process. So local contractors can submit and say, here's the best price we can give for solar, here's any additional benefits of working with us. Um, And after that, Solar United Neighbors goes through, checks their finances, checks their reviews, says, yes, this seems like a reliable, reputable solar company. And they pick a handful of those to serve the residents who have signed up and said, yes, I'm interested in going solar for my home. So from the resident's perspective, they are paired with a contractor that they can trust, They have a lot of help and educational resources throughout the process as to what is rooftop solar? Is it a good option for me? That kind of thing. And then they can decide after talking to the contractor if they want to move forward or not. So that's the the broad overview of the program.
9: Thank you. And does like the 1.5 million go to the company just to be doing the work or does it help buy down any of the services?
2: So 75% of that 1.5 million goes directly to a rebate program that we also run as part of Solar United Neighbors, uh, the Denver Solar Switch Program. So essentially, if you make less than 100% of area median income, then you can apply to our rebate program, and in most cases, we're able to approve up to $8,000 for people, and that goes directly to the contractors. They don't have to worry about submitting paperwork afterward or anything like that. Uh, It's just directly taken off the cost of their solar install. So 75% of the cost goes to that directly, and then the rest is administrative costs for Solar United Neighbors to run the auction process and do educational programming, that kind of thing.
9: Awesome, thank you so much. I'm really excited about this program. Yeah, it's great. Any other (laughs) questions? Thank you, Council President. No other questions. Thank you for being
1: here, you bet. Um, Madam Secretary, please put the next item on our screens. Uh, This is resolution 1899, Purchase and Sale Agreement for 101 West Colfax. Councilman Hines, will you put the resolution on the floor for for adoption, please?
5: I move that Council Resolution 23-1899 be adopted.
1: Thank you, and that's been moved and seconded. Uh, comments on uh, resolution 1899 we will start with uh, the council members who called it out we'll start with councilwoman ovidres
9: thank you council president um i have had a chance to ask a lot of questions i still don't have a lot of answers um something i'd like to share that i um, do not appreciate about the process of purchasing real estate with the city is that um, we. This is our only chance to vote. If an inspection goes through and shows there's some really bad problems with the building, we don't get a second chance at this. Um, and it's such a huge purchase, as well as the other questions I haven't gotten answered are how much are we paying in rent currently, and what is the cost to terminate the lease so we could just use our building without having to rent it from ourselves. Um, but I have no questions, so thank you, Council President. Okay, thank you very much. Councilwoman Lewis. Thank you so much.
7: I do have a few questions and this is probably so one I'd like to thank Lisa and her team um, because they've uh, had the opportunity to, uh, to answer a myriad of questions and I do have one that's outstanding regarding um, how COPs work mechanically and so if we could maybe just have a conversation about like what does that what are the mechanics of that because I'm not sure how we arrive at the 88 million if we're paying 7 million. Um,
1: I think Lisa will be here to answer questions so she's coming up.
7: Thank you.
11: good evening lisa Lumley, director of real estate um first i'd like to thank council just for the opportunity again to discuss the court's needs related to this acquisition um councilwoman i am going to apologize because i was not aware that you would have a question specific to the cop tonight so i am probably not going to be your right person to address it but in context you were saying the the mechanics for the acquisition of the 88.5 million versus and you listed another number. I thought
7: the seven million that you that was for the to. revenue.
11: Mm-hmm. So you know, again, just a reminder: this is going to be general fund neutral through 2029. Uh, we would see revenue coming in from 24 through 29, specifically then back into the city. So that seven million comes in, and any payment would be taken out of that seven million annually that we're receiving to make that annual payment.
7: So how, so at what point do you reach the $88.9 million?
11: Um, that is yet to be determined in terms of because they are out and they would be coming back, the finance team will be coming back to you in February with the final negotiated terms of that COP. So I can't mm-hmm. tell you for certain whether it's 15 years, 20 years. Um, I, I think they're in that range right now
7: of what okay. they're looking at thank you and then in our conversations we talked about the walk shed and the methodology that you all use to determine um, what makes a building viable or not can Mm -hmm. you just um, talk to us a bit about about that
11: that. sure so part of that was used when we were working with the district attorney where they felt it really critical that they be within a 10-minute walk um they were concerned about the safety and security of their attorneys going back and forth um, as we, you know, as I've shared with each of you, or at least a number of you individually, um, there are other security issues that I cannot talk about tonight, but um, that we want to be mindful of, that need we want to stay in a post proximity to the other courts. We want to be by police and sheriff as well. And so that is where, when the district attorney was looking, they wanted to make sure that they were in a closer proximity for themselves. And that's how we also then evaluated. And I believe we had Kristen Wood when we had her on, one of the briefings um, to speak from the court's perspective
7: okay um, those are all the questions i have for you lisa and then i'd thank like you. to make a few comments if that's mm-hmm. right Madam yep. Chair. Thank, thank you, you lisa. Um, so based on the conversations we've had and the information that you all have been able to provide us I'm, I'm quite frankly unable to connect the dots on this project i'm unable to reach the conclusion that the taxpayer is getting a good deal for this money a couple of gaping holes in the proposal have me wondering who is meant to benefit from this project and what promises may have been made there are several large buildings in the two mile vicinity of the civic center that are currently in foreclosure or default the market is predicting significant downturns in commercial real estate over the next couple of years because of a period of very low interest rates coming to an end we are seeing this in denver already Why would we not want to wait at least a few months since the need for this building doesn't start until after 2030 the commercial real estate market is becoming buyer friendly and we could get a better deal on a newer building needing less upkeep if we wait i sent these as well to you all but i just wanted to give my colleagues a list of um, buildings that my team and i were able to identify Um, so defaulted buildings in downtown and the square footage as of september 2023 The Denver Energy um, Center, 1625 Broadway, the square footage is 785,000. The 1410, which is located at 1410, 17th Street, square footage is 435,000, estimated to be 37% leased, with another 12% available on on August 2023. Wells Fargo Center, 1700 Lincoln Street, square footage is 1.2 million square feet. Columbine Place, 216. 216 16th Street, excuse me, square footage is uh, 150,000, which is actually very close to CCB and the courts. Um, The state it uses for this building feel counterintuitive. The state demographer, which you provided us with that information, I thank you for it, um, was quoted as a source for predicting the significant increase in crime projected in the near future, even as data reflects decreases in Denver today. The state demographer reports show how the cultural makeup of our city is going to change over time. Colorado is actually going to become more diverse. The state demographer is predicting a large growth of over of our Latino and his Hispanic populations. And it feels like a dangerous and harmful conclusion to draw that because of the increase in black and brown residents, we should spend tax dollars and money paying for more crime in 2024. If we do predict more crime. Wouldn't the dollars be better spent preventing those outcomes rather than planning to house them? Crime is a condition of poverty. And so we would not want to use dollars to increase the economic conditions of those we are predicting will be here and belong in our justice system. Finally, Denver has raised property taxes year after year based on the assessed value of the homes. Should we not use real estate as an investment of tax dollars with a priority not to bolster commercial real estate, but instead our city's residents housing and locally owned business property tax relief. We cannot revitalize downtown by purchasing buildings that do not address a direct immediate need. We need to get small locally owned businesses thriving downtown again. And we need a place that feels safe for moms and kids to come play for the day. I voiced early concerns about this project and as I look closer I'm growing increasingly concerned with the commercial real estate deals being presented to this Council. The taxpayers have bailed out Republican Plaza with no benefit to them and now this proposed Denver post deal feels the same. We need to prioritize the needs of the taxpayer and our decision making in every dollar we approve but specifically with these large dollar purchases of real estate and I urge my colleagues to vote now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Councilman Flynn.
3: Thank you, Madam President. Lisa, could you clarify a couple of things? In the planning for this building, approximately how much of it, how much of the square footage as a percentage is related to a future court expansion versus administrative agencies that already are over there?
11: At this point, we're assuming 100, percent. 100, 95 to 100 just, yes. and I say that because based on the study right now, they're saying that we need approximately 185,000 square feet by 2030. So we need to be planning now to be prepared for mm-hmm. that. With 200, uh, 294 total, 294,000
3: total by
11: 2040.
3: Okay. How, what would happen then to the agencies that are already housed over there?
11: Um, the intention is still to bring them back to, the web, to building, the web building as we had
3: always planned, yes. Okay, so that would include like uh, independent monitor groups like that? Correct. Okay. Uh, of all of the buildings in the surrounding area uh, mm-hmm. that we just heard a list of mm-hmm. um, that are in the downtown area, uh, it struck me that this building in which I used to work, actually, uh, opened in 2005. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the newest building Uh, and therefore the most modernized building of any that might be currently available?
11: Correct. The other um, advantage of this particular building is it has one tenant. And the city as a whole, our challenge would be taking on a building that has multiple tenants, and there are some of those buildings that were named that I've researched that had anywhere from 10 to 20 tenants in them. The city cannot just assume leases like a private sector owner can when you buy a building because of the terms that are in those agreements. So what would happen is we would either need to buy out all of those tenants or we would need to renegotiate all of those leases again. And Hmm. we would have to do that before we could actually close on the building.
3: Is there a security issue? when there are multiple tenants in a building with courts? No,
11: the issue is we would need those tenants out to use the building the way we need to, right? right? So uh, security, maybe, we'd have to look at that, okay. but from a planning purpose, that would also be a challenge. But okay. just taking the leases themselves, we would not be able to take a lease as is.
3: When would the Department of Finance uh, anticipate coming to us with the uh, Certificates of Participation package?
11: Yeah, February.
3: In February. Yes. And I believe
11: there may, I think there's a date on for FinGov, and we can confirm that, but I want to say it's mid second or third week in February, I believe.
3: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Madam President, I I would suggest uh, this purchase and sale agreement is contingent on the financing. Correct. And if folks still have questions that they want to have addressed, I would suggest voting yes on this. And then when we get to the COP discussion, if the financing doesn't look right, or if the answers to your questions about the building itself are no longer satisfactory that we would then vote against the cops uh and and it would be null and void then
11: at that point yes okay Th- this is still contingent of so the COP. us tonight
3: says no to both okay so the only advantage to that is we clear the FinGov calendar the third week in february for something else Thank you. I would suggest uh, keeping this alive so we can uh, at least take advantage of the the answers to the questions that are still forthcoming.
1: Thank you, councilman. Councilwoman Sandoval.
8: President, um, I've been receiving a lot of questions about this building. Um, The city is being asked to have a $180 million cut in our budget, so can you explain how this makes sense for us to do this now um, when agencies are being asked to cut their budgets by 10 to 15%? I I don't understand that.
11: Sure, thank you, Councilwoman. So again, because of the certificate of participation and the way the funding would work for that and the revenue coming in from this building, that is why this it is actually neutral. If anything, there will be additional revenue after we pay the COP based on the initial estimates. Um, so that that is not impacting the general fund at all.
8: And for the viewers, remind us how that's working. What is the COP? Because you're not like you're speaking super city language and this is new. So the certificate
11: be... of participation would be a funding mechanism that our Department of Finance is working on. And it would allow for the purchase of the building, similar to a mortgage, if you will, for your home, um and the revenue coming in from the denver post through 2029 there is an annual revenue that exceeds what that payment would be on our certificate of participation it is either it it will either meet or exceed Um, so that is what makes this a neutral situation through 2029
8: so for agency heads who are calling me saying why are we building purchasing a building when we're being asked to cut $180 million, your response to them would be, just so I'm clear, that we would have that this is revenue um, neutral until 2029. and But that's all based on the certificate of occupancy, which comes before us through FinGov. And then do you have a date for it to come to city council?
11: <laughs> no, but I, I we can get that to you fairly quickly. I mean, the intent would be that we would close on this at the end of March, first week in April.
8: Uh, sorry, <coughs> you, <coughs> you said the first of March? Uh, the closing, the
11: the last, I'm sorry, the last weekend in March or the first week in April.
8: So if we stop this at FinGov, we would still have another opportunity to vote on this um, at City Council, is that what I'm hearing?
11: Correct, it could not go, um, we could not proceed to a closing without your approval um, at City Council on the Certificate of Participation. (laughs) Thank you, Madam President. (laughs)
1: Thank you. Councilman Hines.
5: Uh, Thank you, Council President, Director Lumley. don't go anywhere. Um, Do you you know what year the Denver Post Building was built? Uh,
11: 2005,
5: six. Okay, um, yeah, I heard Councilmember Flynn and he's corrected me on dates before so I triple checked I believe the date is 2006 not 2005 according to several sources, including. Can I do business uh, business den. so sorry all the other media partners out here um, at any rate, um, do you know uh, the years uh, approximate years to the majority of the buildings. Um, uh, in receivership or in default are.
11: I hate to be, I, I, I want to say they're at least another 10, 20 years older.
5: Yeah, I believe they're all between two. 1982 and 1986. Yeah. Um, so uh, I guess, um, can you talk about the kind of the state of, um, the? you know, there was a, a big oil and gas boom in the, in the early to mid 80s. So that's part of the reason why all these office buildings were built, um, but uh, would the the deferred maintenance the maintenance of the buildings um in the mid 80s would that be different than uh building built in 2006?
11: it would be and again there's a certain point with the um you know the life cycle of the infrastructure as well and where that is within that life cycle on whether we would need to be replacing items that also factored into um, or would have factored in to the valuation of the one on one building versus some of those other older buildings, recognizing that they may not be at the same level um, in terms of the maintenance.
5: So in addition to buying out all the tenants of the building, we would also have to likely put in um, some modifications to the building.
11: There would probably be additional capital expected. And
5: and when was the web building built?
11: Uh, That was 2001.
5: And we're having to do quite a bit of maintenance to the web building.
11: We are now. And it is.
5: Decades newer than all the buildings in receivership. Correct. Okay, and uh, the last thing I want to try to take a stab at the um, the question that uh, Pro Tem Sandoval was asking about. Um, you mentioned that this is net neutral for the general fund, mm-hmm. um, so uh, it's basic. I, if I if I understand it correctly, um, we pay money to the owner of the one-on-one building, um, but if we buy the building then we would be paying money to ourselves. Um, so we have a mortgage payment that is one amount, we pay money to ourselves for another amount, and that difference um, actually saves the city. Um, you know, that w- We have to determine exactly what the certificates of participation, basically the mortgage rate and the mortgage term, you have know, to put it in you know, like um, residential housing kinds of terms. Uh, so the, those details about the mortgage rate and the mortgage term are still kind of up in the air. But the idea is, we might actually save some money from a cash flow perspective because the amount we would be paying ourselves um, uh, in lease rate would go uh, would would actually save us some money. Is I am I getting that right? It's,
11: it's coming back to us. You're right. So yeah. we would be making that payment to right now DP Media as a subtenant through 2029, regardless of who owns the building. That is just, that is factual. If we are in a position to acquire the building, then yes, our payment to DP media will then come back around to us again, which will allow us to make that payment on the certificate of participation. So you're right, it's funding. We are actually then circling back to fund that financing.
5: And if I were an agency head, I would actually want this because um, might even be $2 million a year of savings of the general fund, at least for the next seven years. Um, so that might um, kind of minimize. I'm not
11: sure, what The say, I don't know that it's a savings per se. What I would say is we may realize an additional revenue on top of then what we are paying in our sublease, depending on, again, as our sublease rate uh, payments go down, as I sent to you this weekend, that shows that as of 2025. Um, and then the DP media, rental goes up and then where our um our payment for the cop is in the middle there there may be it appears excess revenue as well that would come back to the city
5: so we would get if we if we move this forward and the estimates are what we're expecting uh then we would get more money in the general fund that we could then to, you know use how we want potentially to offset some of the uh Uh, uh, cost for migrant sheltering?
11: Potentially based on the numbers that the the Department of Finance can firm up, yes.
5: And if the numbers uh, don't match the estimates, we just say no uh, when it comes before council. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Council President.
1: Thank you. Councilman Cashman.
12: Thank you, Madam President. Lisa, thank you. Um, So at some point, we're going to need to do a whole bunch of renovation on the building uh,
11: i i would renovation from the standpoint of getting it ready for courts correct? exactly yes.
12: exactly yes how far down the line do you think that will be before that so i'm trying to figure at some point i figure sure. we're going to need to dip into our general fund at some point
11: so we probably i would anticipate the next couple of years would be used for programming planning um, working with Dottie, uh to engage our consultants so that we can do those prog- and build that budget from the programming um, which would probably put us in a two- to three-year cycle. At that point, then, there would be discussions on the funding of those improvements and whether that's general fund, it's refinancing um, a different financial structure, it's bond, that would be brought forward to Great. discuss.
12: Do we have a guesstimate on what it's going to cost to prepare that building for the courts? No. Um, not yet? And again, because we, you
11: know, we were trying not to get ahead of doing all that yeah. work so that it was not out there before mm-hmm. council had a chance to hear about it um what i can tell you is the courtrooms that we've been working on thus far in lindsay and um here in this building to renovate so already in conditioned space are running two to three million dollars a courtroom mm-hmm. now are there some efficiencies i know the colorado supreme court was over there at one time is there some infrastructure we can build off in certain areas maybe so and that's where we need to the first step would be the programming with
12: dotty At some point, we're going to need to spend spend a whole bunch of dough, but it's not, you don't anticipate that need beginning for the next two, three years. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Madam President.
9: Thank you. Councilwoman Alvarez. Thank you, Council President. I just wanted to echo one thing, and I'm not sure if this was already mentioned because I have a headache (laughs) because we're human. (laughs) Uh, But I just wanted to echo the concern about the need for courts and that this projection was made pre-COVID, and with technology, I just... Don't agree that it will be the same need in the future that this outdated report states that we need. Thank you. Thank you, Council President. Thank you. And Councilwoman Lewis.
7: I just have one more question regarding the courts.
9: Mm-hmm.
7: Um, I know that during COVID that there was an opportunity for us to do <clears throat> to have courts online. Mm-hmm. Are in in you all's projections and these numbers, is there are there any projections on how we might be able to maybe um, be more creative or innovative or forward thinking and how we um, are thinking about how folks access access our courts?
11: Sure. And actually, what we heard from Kristen is that no, the courts are actually talking about coming back in person. They are taking longer online right now with traffic courts. Uh, they are needing more staff in order to handle it, and um, they are looking to go the other direction. And the only other you know, caveat um, or clarification I will say is that with the study, just as a reminder, the study when they were looking at the population, it was not just about Denver, it was the metro area because there was an acknowledgement recognizing that from the courts, it's actually a lot of times it can be from the surrounding metro area that's coming downtown that may um, have uh, be be in a situation that they need to come back to court not necessarily just Denver residents so they were looking at the metro wide growth
13: okay.
7: thank you and then mm-hmm. just one more follow-up you said the anticipated um, cost for renovation for the building I know you all haven't had the opportunity to work with an architect it's between two and three million dollars so that's in addition to the 88 correct okay thank you that's it
1: thank you Sam. thank you very, thank you very much <clears throat> so you no know one else in queue like Excuse me, I want to thank my colleagues um, for their great questions and to point out, I'm in agreement with Councilman Flynn um, around really wanting to see the COP um, and what numbers that delivers for us. So I'll also be a yes tonight um, to get that uh, queued up. Um, Madam Secretary, roll call please on resolution
6: 1899. Sandoval. I. Alvidrez. No. Flynn. Aye. Gilmore.
3: Aye.
6: Gonzalez Gutierrez. Nay. Heinz. Aye. Cashman. Aye. Lewis. Nay. Parody, Nay. Romero-Campbell. Aye. Sawyer. Aye. Watson. Aye. Madam President.
1: Aye. Madam Secretary, close the voting and announce the results.
6: Four nays, nine ayes
1: nine eyes resolution 1899 is adopted thank you lisa uh, madam secretary please put the next item on our screens this is um, 1975 a resolution approving an agreement with Belfour environmental services councilwoman lewis go ahead with your questions
7: on resolution 1975 thank you so much um, i just actually have one maybe two uh, questions regarding the methodology because this is a new contract and so i was curious how you all arrived at this dollar amount for this new contract? Like what data do you all use to arrive at these numbers? And hello.
0: My name is Paul Bedard. I'm with the Denver Public Health and Environment Department, um, Manager in the Bonal Quality Division. Um, I'm hoping I can answer your question. Um, so you asked um, how we arrived at the uh, dollar value for the contract coming before you for Belfort Environmental. Yeah. Um, that value was set at, at $5 million, we, right. we, we set that. Um, the previous uh, contract with um, Belfort Environmental was 4.5 million. Um, we set um, numbers for contracts, um, and these are on-call contracts, please understand, yes. um, that will allow us uh, room over the five-year period that we wish to have the contract, allow us room to um, respond rapidly um, to um, situations that we need that contractor or a competing contractor. So for instance, um, should we need to perform a significant environmental cleanup, Um, we would incur significant costs. And if we chose Belfort Environmental, um, with their specific talents and abilities, um, we may be spending um, in the millions of dollars versus our typical spend in the hundreds of thousands of dollars.
7: Got it. So you just based it on what the previous amount, baseline maybe
0: we choose a number that we think will give us room okay um that's the way we chose the 4.5 in the previous contract
13: okay
0: um we uh i did not have a chance to get these specific numbers but um in a typical year such as uh, 2022 um when we had a full a full 12 months of use of, of Belfour, we probably uh spent about 120 thousand mm-hmm. dollars um, you know, even though the value the value of the contract was set at 4.5, we only needed one, uh, 120 thousand dollars worth of of a spend with them. Um, I think during the entire period, five year period of the contract, um, we probably spent just about a million dollars. So we never really touched the need to be able to um, spend five million.
7: Got it. And then in the contract, it says that any um, agency can. Essentially, utilize this service, and so I'm curious if you have, off the top of your head, the departments or agencies that are most reliant um, on the service. And and if the, and the second part of the question is if that is calculated in the final contract number.
0: Yes, reliance. good question. Um, so your question really was um, what what Denver agencies. Um, use this contract have historically
10: yeah.
0: um and may, may in the future um, and how we um we we have those monies to spend with with this contractor um, historically um belfort environmental is used largely 90 percent by um, my department department of public health and environment okay um, and um because we focus on the environmental the management of, of materials that have an environmental impact um, To my knowledge, um, I don't believe that, say, Dottie, uh, even Public Works at the the earlier time, um, had used BELFOR at all. DEN, uh, Department of Aviation, um, they have used BELFOR in the past as well, but I believe the largest spend is um, with my department. The monies come um, generally from the Environmental Services Enterprise Fund, which is dedicated to um, addressing environmental needs. That's it. Thanks. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Councilwoman Sawyer. I think,
5: <clears throat> um, just wanted to alert. Will you check your microphone, please? Uh,
4: Can you hear me now? Okay. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Madam President. I just wanted to alert Council members to the fact that um, we have actually asked General Services to come to FinGov and give an explanation uh, of the RFP process and how um city agencies come to the the contracting point um before because we don't ever see kind of what happens in the background Mm -hmm. so just wanted to let everyone know that's happening i think in february luke if i'm not mistaken um I think it's in early february that they're coming to have that conversation so we'll get a little bit more information on like kind of how the rfp process within the city agencies work at that time which should be helpful for that as well and second thing i will just point out um this is why i feel so strongly about um city agencies uh reporting on their on-call contract usage because that is how we see on the back end how these contracts are actually being used and the real dollars um, that are actually being spent. So, thank you very much. Thanks, Madam President.
1: Thank you. Seeing no one else in queue, Madam Secretary, will you put the next item on our screens? Uh, I believe this is um, Resolution 1986, an amendment to a loan agreement um, for Uinta Senior Apartments. Councilwoman Lewis, go ahead with your questions on 1986.
7: I actually just have one question. And so um, this um, is amended loan agreement, amended in the uh, distribution of cash flow portion of the loan agreement between the city and a housing provider. Um, and it said it was due to a discrepancy between host agreement and the limited par- partnership agreement. Um, and I was wondering if you could explain what this discrepancy was. I don't know who.
14: Oh, you. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Good afternoon, Counselor. Uh, Adam Lyons, Development Director for the Department of Housing Stability, and happy to answer that question. Uh, you know, it really is basically a timing issue. Uh, when we receive Council approval for a project, it's typically we like to schedule that about a month before the actual financial closing with all the senior debt, equity, everybody else. About a month before that, we like to get Council approval. Um, and then we need to finalize our agreements with the developer about two months even before council approval just so we can get on the agenda. So we, we really hope that nothing changes um, in our documents in between that time and most cases we are uh, successful in that. but in this case there were just a few changes to the limited partnership agreement after our uh, agreement already had gone through council. So the, the changes were really not substantive. they, uh, they occur you know there really were two definition changes okay. and then some changes below the city's position in the cash flow repayment. Um, but but because our cash flow loans require that cash flow exhibit that shows exactly the the order and priority of payments um there was just changes to the and that that cash flow exhibit in our agreement mirrors the limited partnership agreement that the the developer has with their equity partners so when there's changes in the the limited partnership agreement we really hope that it doesn't affect us in this case it really didn't affect us there was the the operating reserve budget did increase um which we are below that but we did you know anticipate being below that already um, so really it was uh, a lot of comfort to our partner and their investors just to have these agreements match, but really otherwise it didn't affect any real repayment uh, standard or repayment calculations as far as the host loan is concerned. Okay. So it really is a, just a timing issue more than anything. And and that the limited partnership agreement did have a few changes after our loan agreement was executed. Great,
1: lovely. Thank you. That's it. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, seeing no one else in queue. Um, Madam Secretary, please put the next item on our screens uh, in a block uh, 0039 and 0037 resolutions. Um, Councilwoman Lewis, go ahead with your questions on these two
7: items. Okay, great, I appreciate the block as well. Um, So um, after um, consistent feedback from my constituents, I see it as my responsibility to ensure that the public is aware that every tax dollar being approved of as an expenditure and payment of funds for a settlement with the City and County of Denver. Um, my office is tracking every dollar by department and in, and uh, in including a running total. Um, and so for twenty twenty or twenty four zero zero three, twenty four zero 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 three seven. I just wanted to make folks aware that we are tracking those dollars. So for 0039, it's fifteen um, thousand that we are talking about here. Um, um, against the Denver uh, Department of Transportation and Infrastructure, bring in the 2024 total um, for taxpayer dollars um, in city settlements, 6,500. And then, um, if we go down to 20, or down on my my document, um, to 24,0037. Again, tracking those dollars. My office is tracking every dollar um, by department and running a total. Um, and so with the approval of 240037, the city will approve $2.3 million to settle a case um, brought against the Denver Police Department, bringing in the 2024 total for tax dollar payers, or for taxpayer dollars in city settlements to $2,365,000. Um, and I wanted to be clear to everyone watching that we are paying attention and not just myself, other colleagues have raised these as well, um, and that we are watching how the city spends our money and that we are making decisions um, for the future um to this acknowledgement and so thank you so much
1: thank you very much uh councilman let's see will you please put resolution 2018 on the floor for adoption uh
5: i move that uh council resolution 23-2018 be adopted
1: thank you very much and that has been i need a motion and a second thank you it's been moved and seconded um comments on resolution
7: 23-2018 we'll start with councilwoman lewis yeah I, i have a question um and so you all provided us with the the contract and the changes and also the the summary i will say the dialogue um and it talked about the right of first refusal refusal and the exemption to allow the purchase of the the two units um although the individual didn't income qualify can you Better, I just I'm I'm a novice here and don't understand it. So if you could explain that, I appreciate it. So I appreciate
14: the question. I I have a development director for the Department of Housing Stability. Uh, so when when the developer Jeff Shanahan Shanahan Development first acquired the property in 2009 or first went under contract to acquire the property in 2019, uh, there was an existing landowner uh, that lived on site. Um, so part of that negotiation to purchase that land. Uh, the developer did offer a right of first refusal for a two-bedroom, not two units, just a two-bedroom unit in the development, as a way to keep that kind of, a, you know, heritage land within that family. Let, let allow someone, you know, currently living there to to move into the new development once it's built. Um, but it was just a right of first refusal. So basically, when the when the developer started marketing the property, he reached out to this individual, and of course, he was still interested in purchasing a property there. So we knew that he would, he was going to be over income. We kind of always knew that this was a possibility but unless they exercised their right of first refusal that it wasn't an issue because they could have you know this was several years ago they could have went on bought a house elsewhere during yeah. that time period so we we really knew that it was on the horizon but didn't know if it was going to be an actual uh possibility or not until the the units were marketed um they did exercise their right they will be purchasing a unit there but they are over income so the property is still subject to the land lease it still has to be sold at affordable rates resold uh, to income qualified folks at affordable rates as well. So it's still subject to the land lease. It's just an exemption for this one home buyer so that the moment that they purchase the property, they're not out of compliance with the city agreement.
7: Thank you so much. That was my only question. I appreciate you taking time. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you. Thank you, Adam. Uh, let's see.
1: So we pulled that out for a vote. Um, so I think it's on the floor. I think we still have to vote on it. Um, Madam Secretary, roll call on resolution twenty eighteen.
6: Sandoval, aye. Alvidrez? aye. Flynn, aye. Gilmore, aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez, aye. Hines, aye. Cashman, Lewis, aye. Parody, aye. Romero Campbell, aye. Sawyer, aye. Watson, aye. Madam President.
1: Aye. Madam Secretary, close the voting and announce the results. 13 ayes. 13 ayes. Council resolution 2018 is adopted. <clears throat> Madam Secretary, will you put the next item on our screen? This is 231960. Um, Councilman Hines, will you put 1960 on the floor for final passage? I
5: move that Council Bill 23 1960 be placed upon final consideration and do pass.
1: Thank you get a um, motion in a second. Thank you very much. It's been moved and seconded. Councilwoman Parity, your motion please to postpone.
4: Yes, I'm, I move that we postpone resolution, or <clears throat> sorry, bill number <laughs> 23, 1960, uh, to a date certain uh, to January 29th.
1: Thank you very much. We'll take any comments on the postponement bill, Councilwoman Parity?
4: Um, I don't have any comments. I'm uh, excited to get it to a vote and tonight is not the night, <laughs> thanks.
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. Seeing no one else in queue, Madam Secretary, roll call please on the postponement of
6: 1960. Sandoval. Aye. Alvidrez. Aye. Flynn. Aye. Gilmore. Aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez. Aye. Hines. Aye. Cashman. Aye. Lewis. Aye. Parity. Aye. Romero-Campbell. Aye. Sawyer. Aye. Watson. Aye. Madam President.
1: Aye. Madam Secretary, close the voting and announce the results.
6: 13 ayes.
1: 13 ayes. Council Bill 231960 is postponed till Monday, January 29th. Um, this concludes the items to be called out. Uh, Madam Secretary, oops, excuse me. All bills for introduction are ordered published. Council members, remember this is a consent or block vote and you'll need to vote aye. Councilman Hines, will you put the resolutions for adoption and the bills on final consideration? Um, for final passage on the floor.
5: Got to remind myself to turn on the microphone. <laughs> uh, I move that the resolutions be adopted and bills on final consideration be placed upon final consideration and do pass in a block for the following items 23-1940, 23-1984. 23-1990, 23-1991, 23-1992, 23-1993, 23-1994, 23-2017, 23-1995, 23-1996, 23-1997, 23-2016, 23-1988, twenty three dash one nine nine eight twenty three dash one nine 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 twenty three dash two zero 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 twenty three dash two zero zero one twenty three dash two zero zero two twenty three dash two zero zero three twenty three dash two zero zero four twenty three dash two zero zero five twenty three dash two zero zero six twenty three dash two zero zero eight. 23-2010, 23-2011, 23-2012, 23-2013, 23-2014, 23-003, sorry, correction, 24-0039, uh, 23-1673, 23-1975. 23-198624-0037.
1: Thank you very much. And that's been moved and seconded. Madam Secretary, roll call please.
6: Sandoval. Sandoval. Aye. Uh, aye. Alvarez. Aye. Flynn.
15: Aye.
5: Gilmore.
6: Aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez. Heinz. Aye. Cashman. Aye. Lewis. Aye. Parity? Aye. Romero-Campbell? Aye. Sawyer? Aye. Watson? Aye. Madam President?
1: Aye. Madam Secretary, close the voting and announce the results.
6: 13 ayes.
1: 13 ayes. Uh, the resolutions have been adopted and bills have been placed upon final consideration and do pass. Tonight there'll be a required public hearing on bill 1716 changing the zoning classification for 4001 and 4021 North Fillmore Street in Elyria, Swansea. Anyone wishing to speak on this matter should go online and sign up during the recess of council. If there are no objections, we will recess until 530. Before reconvening, our regular meeting, council provides a half-hour general public comment session to hear from the public on city matters, except for when scheduled for legally required public hearing. General public comment will begin at 5.
15: Civil rights leader Martin Luther King, Jr.'s legacy is commemorated in the Mile High City every January with what has grown to be one of the largest MLK Day celebrations in the U.S., even larger than that of Washington, D.C.'s. Explore the profound significance of the Cherokee Trail in Colorado's history. Learn about ongoing trail preservation efforts and see how a deep dive into Colorado's pre-territorial claim clubs has revealed new insights into the lives of this region's earliest settlers. Toronto rapper Drake comes to the Mile High City with his It's All A Blur" Tour with special guest Jay Cole for two nights. Get your tickets before it's too late. A revered Denver tradition, the National Western Stock Shows 2024 grand champion steer joins guests during the iconic afternoon tea known for making a grand entrance the steer and his accompanying friend for the day the first runner-up will move down a red carpet and into place to spend the afternoon at the brown palace an audience favorite returns as your colorado symphony celebrates the music of legendary john williams including selections from his celebrated scores from films such as star wars harry potter jurassic park and more
1: and if we didn't get to anybody today join us next week um, or submit your comments in writing the next session will be on monday january 22nd sign up begins at 11 a.m this friday january 19th we look forward to hearing folks again thank you for attending and stay with us for the denver city council meeting which starts in just a couple minutes
0: Welcome to your Denver City Council. Please stand by. Full coverage of your Denver City Council begins now.
1: So will now reconvene from our earlier session. Welcome back. Um, there's no unfinished business. We do have one proclamation being read tonight. Councilman Hines, will you please read proclamation 24 0040.
5: Thank you, Council President, and uh, also thank you, Council President, for allowing this proclamation to be read tonight. Proclamation number 24 0040, a proclamation honoring RTD Board Director Kate Williams. Whereas RTD board director Kate Williams was born in Camp Lejeune, where her father was stationed in the Marine Corps, so that she and her family, uh, so she and her family moved around frequently, and she says, quote, my siblings were, and still are, my best friends, end quote. And, whereas, in her spare time, Director Williams enjoys singing with DU's The Spirituals Project, and voices rock, practices yoga, entertains guests at parties at her home, and is an avowed pescatarian learning new things about her and whereas while working in telecommunications and attending McHenry county college <coughs> director williams became passionate about sailing which brought her to fort lauderdale uh, where she achieves the status of number two salesperson in florida for bell south for two years in a row and whereas due to her financial successes in telecom director williams sailed all over the world particularly in the caribbean And in 2000, when, as she says, it was time to make a change, uh, she went to work for Shake a Leg Miami, a sailing school for youth and adults with physical and developmental disabilities and socioeconomic challenges. And whereas, when she moved to Denver in 2011, Director Williams discovered the National Sports Center for the Disabled, whose headquarters is here. And at age 60, she learned how to ski herself and then became executive director at a senior activity center with her mother living in her home. Director Williams became a CNI certified nursing assistant through Emily Griffith. And whereas she has built an extensive career working on transit and transportation issues, including for Dr. Mack, Denver Regional Mobility Access Council, the American Federation for the Blind, and most recently for CarePool, a pilot project with Dr. Cog, Denver Regional Council of Governments. That provides transportation for aging adults those with disabilities and medicaid clients and whereas. First elected to the board of directors of RTD in 2016 director Williams was reelected in 2020 and represents district a which includes portions of downtown Denver cherry creek Glendale and Lowry and she was respected as. Chair and vice chair of operations and safety committee and whereas. The motto that guided director Williams actions on the RTD board has been transportation is the social determinant of health. It underlines everything. And she firmly believes that the future of our planet resides in embracing the transit system more fu- fully so that we can get out of our cars and keep our grandchildren alive and spare our air. And whereas director Williams was instrumental in creating RTDs zero fare for youth. So that there is now no fare for passengers under 19 years old, which she says is the best thing I've done my whole life. And whereas after almost eight years of faithful service director Williams regrettably leaves the board of RTD, which she would never have done otherwise left before the uh, which she would uh, never have otherwise left before the end of term had it not been for declining health. Now, therefore be proclaimed by the Council of the city and county of Denver section one that the Council of the city and county of Denver acknowledges RTD director Kate Williams for contributions in the city of Denver and um, section two that the clerk of the city and county of Denver shall affix the seal of the city and county of Denver to this proclamation and that a copy be uh, transmitted to director Kate Williams RTD's GM CEO Deborah Johnson and the board office of RTD.
1: Thank you councilman Hines. your motion to adopt.
5: I move that proclamation 24-0040 be adopted.
1: Thank you very much. And that's been moved and seconded. Uh, we will start with comments by members of council before we vote uh, councilman Heinz.
5: Uh, thank you council president um, director Williams. Uh, I have known you since before I uh, was a candidate for uh, city council uh, I. As you know, and um, as other people uh, will uh, are about to find out, um, I served on the board of Dr. Mac, the Denver Regional Mobility Access Council, um, and uh, had the honor of working with you as a, as, as executive director of Dr. Mac, uh, even before I became a candidate. And uh, so we've known each other many years, and I um, have enjoyed uh, the opportunity to get to know you as a human, um, as a candidate. Uh, when we were both candidates, um, and as elected officials, uh, we had the um, also the pleasure of um, when COVID hit. There were a lot of uh, a lot of challenges that depended on our planet, but there were a lot of opportunities too. Um, and uh, we had the opportunity to create a um, cross disciplinary uh, set of elected officials that met um, at times weekly. Uh, and it was uh, City Council, state representatives, state senators, um, RTD, and school boards all together um, uh, learning more about each other and our, um, our various concerns with, uh, because we all shared uh, constituents. And uh, so it was great to learn about you professionally um, in, uh, in those conversations, uh, in addition to all the times that we've had the opportunity to get to know each other personally uh, through um the, the last decade. So I am so excited to give you the opportunity the honor of this proclamation. Um, I wish you the best and uh, we will see each other again. Thank you Council President.
1: Thank you very much Councilman Cashman.
12: Yeah, thank you Madam President. Thank you uh, Councilman Hines for bringing this forward evening. Good to see you Kate a pescatarian. I always knew there was something fishy about you and uh, look, if it wasn't me, if it wasn't me, it would have been Flynn, I can tell you that. My line. Yeah, so I, I uh, met Kate, somewhere 2015 or early 16, I get a call from this woman who tells me she's running for the RTD board and so we, we decided to meet for lunch at one of Denver's late and great restaurants Racines, where the elite meat to eat and uh, so she tells me she's running for the rtd board and we start talking and she tells me she's shortly before the election she's going on vacation i forget where where you were planning on going or for how long and i'm thinking lady's not going to get elected and then i thought i asked i said well how much money have you raised and she says, i'm not trying to raise a lot of money not doing that and i think this lady has no chance and fortunately um area voters must have taken the time to look at who she was what she had done in her past and what she planned on on doing in the future and she got elected and then she got elected again and it wasn't these were not unopposed races these were other people and and uh, at least in, in the first race, a couple of folks that I knew who I had good respect for. And uh, so fortunately, after that, I got to know Kate a little bit. As Councilman Hines mentioned, we saw each other on screen uh, a lot of Tuesdays, Tuesday mornings with the rest of the Southeast Denver electeds. And as as I have come to find out, while meetings like that are great, it's it's the chat beforehand you know, where you find out about the person, not just their policies. And uh, so I find out this is a smart lady, a funny lady. We share a, some similar interests in life. Um, uh, smart is good, but it's only a tool. And uh, you know what I would come to find out is, is Kate used that tool to good use. And I, I I was trying to remember when I met you, so did some Googling and came up with an interview that uh, this one answer you gave to a question, just telling who you were, uh, I just found it's who you are. Uh, Quote, I'm an advocate for the disabled and the elderly. In my previous work, I ran a sports center for the disabled. I ran a shelter for victims of domestic violence. I ran a camp for inner city kids, all of whom are transit dependent. When I first got to Colorado, I ran a senior center that is the largest provider of transportation in douglas county so my life has been tied around people who are transit dependent and it's just a logical flop for me to want to be involved at a policy making level it's just time for me to step up the game i thought that was a great answer and who i have found you to be and the step up you did um you know it's so easy for people in jobs like we all have in uh, and, and your job to look at the numbers, got to get more people on the bus, got to get more people on the bus, on the train, and we do, but your focus was not just upon the numbers of people uh, getting on the bus, but the people who really needed that option to get from point A to point B. It's, it's not just about many of us who are You need to get on the bus because you need to stop burning fossil fuels it's we need to get you on the bus because you don't have any other option to get around and and uh god bless you for that so uh you know thank you for not just being on the board but for elevating the board for caring about each of those people who who get on get on the bus and get on the train and uh uh as uh I I choose to believe in miracles, so I believe we're going to be around to annoy each other for a good long time. And uh, you deserve the proclamation. Good to see you tonight, Kate. Thank you, Madam President.
1: Thank you, Councilman Cashman. Excuse me. Councilman Flynn.
3: Thank you, Madam President. Uh, Kate, it's Mm -hmm. really good to see you. Um, Saying just thank you for all the service that you have provided the Denver community isn't enough I would like to say that the Denver community needs to appreciate uh, the work that you've done as well. Um, That said um, when I I got a call last week from a former board member who told me about um, your resigning from the board and why and I just want to extend my heartfelt prayers and best wishes for you. I have over the years that we have the short years that we've known each other, I think maybe 2015 or 16, we might've become acquainted. Uh, I've really come to appreciate um, your wit, your humor. Uh, you gave me plenty of laughs over over the years, whether it's in person or on social media, but, but your activism especially, it just runs such a gamut. And in so many places that if people don't appreciate that what you've done, it's simply because they haven't met you and know you. And I'd like Councilman Hines, I want to echo the uh, appreciation for the work that you did on zero fare for youth and to get youth acquainted to using transit. Uh, I worked, as you know, at RTD for a little over five years. And I always thought that anybody who would put themselves forward to serve on the board needed to have their head examined. But uh, I know that there are a couple other directors here. Maybe they'll fill me in on what it actually takes to, to do that. But to step up for such a thankless position at times, uh, sometimes you feel like you can't win, uh, no matter what happens on the RTD board. And the many, many, many challenges that the agency is facing, mostly coming out of COVID, and... Uh, I just hope that whoever takes your seat on the board can measure up to the level uh, of being appreciated as much as the people should appreciate your service. Thank you, our hearts are with you. Thank you, Madam President.
4: Thank you, Councilwoman Sawyer. Thank you, Madam President. I'm gonna try and get through this without crying, Kate. (laughs) Might take me a minute. Thank you. Over the four years that we have come to work together and know each other, you have been a confidant. You have been um, much needed humor. You have been a stalwart policymaker. You have been a friend. Um, I can remember the first time I ever met you, you came into my office. I think I'd been elected like two weeks. Do you remember that? Yeah. And you came into my office and you said, what do you wanna do? And I said all the things I wanted to do and you were like, great, how are you gonna do that? (laughs) Uh, And how can I help you? And I think that that was the start of a beautiful friendship and a beautiful partnership. Um, And I am so grateful for the time that I have gotten to share with you and the extraordinary things that we have done together um, and I want to acknowledge um, our school board president Carrie Olson is also here, and former school board member Scott Balderman is here. Um, all of us were week on weekly calls during COVID together, um, trying to do the best we could for our constituents and connect with each other to see um, what options were available. And I will never forget this is my favorite memory of you, Kate. You texted me one day and you said. I want to do this thing. like our meetings are really heavy, and it feels like the problems we're addressing are really heavy. And I want to do I want to hire Goat to Meeting to come to one of our meetings and bring their goats on the screen and and just add a little bit of levity to our conversation. Do you guys remember this? And so Kate brought Goat to Meeting to one of our meetings. And the goats were so cute. And it worked. It was so great. It was um, it was that like bright moment that we all needed and didn't know we needed as an opportunity to just take a breath and be humans together during this incredibly difficult time that was COVID. And I'm I will forever be grateful for you um, and for your support and for your partnership. And out of that also came zero fair for youth. And um, I, I want to acknowledge Director Balderman in particular, who um, you and he really did it. You and he really did that, um, and it's an extraordinary, extraordinary change—a positive for our community, for our kids, for the residents of Denver. Um, and I hope you—I hope you know that. I hope you feel that. And our next meeting is coming up, and you won't be there. And I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that. Um, And so I just wanna say how much I appreciate you and how much I adore you as a friend and how grateful I am for you and how much I will miss you and how I am praying for you every minute of every day. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Councilwoman. Uh, Councilwoman Alvarez. Thank you, Council President.
9: Hi, Kate. (laughs) I haven't gotten the privilege to know you as long as some of my colleagues, but when I was first elected, you were one of the first people to reach out and just say, how can I help? And I think Councilwoman Sawyer and I were just talking about today that one of the best parts of this job is all the cool people that you get to meet and spend time with. And I remember that having coffee just thinking like wow this woman is so cool and if I could me half the woman that she is then that would be great one day so I just want to thank you for everything that you've done and for offering to help because it means a lot thank you council president thank you
1: councilwoman Lewis
7: director Williams <laughs> I got one I just got one I promise <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I had the pleasure to spend, and I had to write this, kind of forget it, right? Um, to spend four years serving alongside of uh, Kate Williams on the RTD Board of Directors, and I don't know, you're right, um, Councilman Flynn. We probably should get our heads checked. Um, <laughs> and uh, and I'll always be grateful for the years we spent sitting next to each other, working hard from our individual perspectives um, to find places we could come together to collaborate um, and make live and make um, life for those who ride public transit and the front range a little bit better each day. Um, and I'm glad for every day um, for that experience gang working next to UK. Uh, she made sure at each opportunity that every detail and every proposal I put put forward, uh, dotted each I and crossed every single T. <laughs> um, and I'm the only RTD director to ever be elected um, to another office um, after my term, and so I'm thankful for that preparation um, that you and the others um, that served on the RTD board um, prepared me for um, because of my history working with each of you, um, and specifically you, Kate, because I sat next to you and we got in a little bit of trouble from time to time. Um, thank you for your work on the zero, zero fares for youth. Um, you know how important it is because I came from Denver Public Schools, and so that one-year pilot program allows youth 19 and younger to ride RTD services at no cost. And we talked about that from the beginning of my term. Um, And you were recognized for that work in January, um, rightfully so in the role that you played in creating that program, which really reflects um, your hard work and dogmatic approach um, to serving others. Um, If you don't know Director Williams, um, you wouldn't know that she is funny and quick witted She's really quick. Um, and she and I spent many hours at the dais chuckling through our time working to ensure that those um, who were in the most need of transit had it. And when they did not, we'd fight for it together. We attended many conferences together uh, and had a great time. To- <laughs> yes, <laughs> I won't tell that one. But we had a really good time at conferences looking for tacos, you know, taking different um, transit systems and really figuring out where the opportunities that we could take what we learned in those cities and bring them back to this city um, to benefit the folks I'm within the city. Um, I remember when I was running for the RTD board, and um, I don't know if you remember this, Kate, uh, you came in, um, you were the host of the first debate, I was so nervous, and you came in with this um, like this new New Year's Day hat. It was sparkling and it was silver. And you said, okay, folks, um, I'm taking off my RTD hat and I'm putting on my Dr. Mac hat. And you took off one hat and you put on the other one. You were like, all right, let's go. And I was so, so nervous. And it was that small um, thing that just made me feel a lot less nervous about um, that debate. And so um, that is the kind of ease that you bring to people. And so I thank you, Um, while we didn't always agree and no one does, um, and I'm grateful that we did it. I am so grateful for the time that we got to spend together and I trust um, that your time here is long lived, Kate, quite frankly, so happy healing, have a good time, enjoy your free time, you absolutely deserve it. And whatever RTD has given you, it has not been enough for your service, so thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you all so much. Madam Secretary, roll call, please.
6: Sandoval? Alvitras? Aye. Flynn?
8: Aye. Gilmore? Aye.
6: Gonzalez Gutierrez? Aye. Hines? Aye. Cashman? Aye. Lewis? Aye. Parody, Aye. Romero-Campbell? Aye. Sawyer? Aye. Watson? Aye. Madam President? Aye.
1: Madam Secretary, close the voting and announce the results.
6: 12 ayes.
1: 12 Eyes proclamation 24-0040 has been adopted and we have time for proclamation acceptance. Councilman Hines, if you'd like to invite the recipient
5: up. I would love to invite Keith Williams to say however many words you'd like to say. Thank you. Oh,
16: can you hear me? Yes, am I good? Thank you for not talking about the cow (laughs) soup. I I wanna thank you all for the work that you do every day to make the place that we live in and that we love better. It's not an easy job and I think y'all are great. Um, I'm really grateful to Councilman Sawyer, Councilwoman Sawyer and Councilman Cashman and Hines who did work with me um, on a regular basis because they're part of my district. But I'm exceptionally grateful for Scott Balderman, who's here tonight. Without his help, everyone 19 and under would not be riding for free on the RTD buses today. He had everything to do with it. Amanda, too. Um, I just want you all to help Mayor Johnson appoint a replacement. I, I asked him 10 days ago to do that. I gave him a name of somebody who has RTD experience um, that would be useful to fill the role. And and I want you all to know that I resigned early so that I could help make that transition. And so um, I'd like to see it happen as quickly as possible because I have an appointment someplace else. Um, And that's all I have to say for a change. Thank you. (laughs)
1: We, we do have a meeting. Thank you for being here and this crowd is a testament to the legacy um, that you have Thank built you. and that you leave. Thank you so much. Councilman Hines, I think we'll meet you in the hall to deliver your proclamation. Uh, we have one public hearing tonight. As a reminder, council members will need to turn on your video, actually, they're not online, so we can skip that. For those participating in person when called upon, please come to the podium on the monitor on the wall. You'll see your time counting down. For those participating virtually when called upon please wait until our host promotes you to speaker accept this promotion turn on your camera if you have one and your microphone all speakers should begin the remarks by telling council your name and city of residence and if you feel comfortable doing so uh your home address if you have signed up to answer questions only state your name please and note you are available for questions of council speakers will have three minutes there's no yielding of time if translation is needed you'll be given an additional Three minutes to have your comments um, interpreted. Uh, Speakers must stay on the topic of the hearing and direct your comments to council as a whole. Please refrain from profane or obscene speech and refrain from, excuse me, individual or personal attacks. Councilwoman Hardy, will you please put Council Bill 1716 on the floor for final passage?
4: I move that Council Bill 231716 be placed upon final consideration and do pass. Thank you very much.
1: And that's been moved and seconded.
4: The required public hearing for council
1: bill 1716 is open um can we have the staff report hi rob
17: yes ma'am good afternoon thank you council for the time today um i'll be presenting a um, a brief overview staff uh, presentation and recommendation for 4001 and 4021 north Fillmore street uh this is rezoning request 2023 i-00033 from esub and pud 140 to ums Uh, so this slide first uh, shows an overview Um, we'll provide some context for this rezoning case um, then we'll go over the um uh the uh, staff criteria or excuse me the code criteria um, before providing staff's recommendation um so this overview uh this slide shows the subject property highlighted in red here uh subject property is approximately ten thousand two hundred forty-four square feet uh, at the intersection of Fillmore Street and uh, East 40th Avenue. Uh, the subject property uh, is made up of two parcels. Uh, the northern parcel is slightly larger and contains a single unit dwelling, uh, and the southern parcel is, uh, is a narrow, 25 foot wide parcel along 40, 40th Avenue um, uh, and is currently vacant. Uh, the proposal is from an urban edge single unit zone district. Uh, and a planned unit development or custom zone district from former Chapter 59, both to an urban main street three-story zone district. Subject property is located here in Council District 9, and it's located in the Elyria-Swansea neighborhood. Uh, This slide shows the existing zoning of the subject property in the surrounding area. Um, uh, Again, the subject property is made up of two parcels. Uh, The northern parcel is... Uh, zoned ESUB, which is a single unit uh, zone district. And the southern parcel is a uh, custom zoning uh, PUD or planned unit development uh, 140. Uh, this PUD was established in 1984 um, and has since been vacant. Um, just to zoom in a little bit, since those slides uh, show, show a, um, a somewhat elevated view. Uh, this slide shows the subject property highlighted in red on the right. Um, the subject property again is made up of a larger um, single unit zoned property in yellow um, in the southern portion uh, that vacant strip along east 40th avenue um, is the property that is zoned uh, uh, pud Um, this pud again was established in 1984 so 40 years ago Um, and also contains the property highlighted in blue Uh, this is the larger parcel where the structure is located on the subject property or excuse me on that uh, within that pud Um, that pud uh, was uh, specifically uh, intended to um, uh, to establish a neighborhood-serving grocery store. And again, that, that use has never been established. Uh, this is another uh, slide showing um, uh, some of that documentation from that PUD. Um, uh, this The image on the right is taken from a concept plan from that PUD. Again, this plan was just conceptual in nature as indicated on this plan um, and states that uh, development would need to uh, align and, and be consistent with, Um, the text of that PUD Um, removing uh, the portion in red uh, which is the portion uh, in the subject property that is currently within the PUD um, uh, would leave this remaining blue portion within this PUD Uh, it would be possible to still build a grocery store um, provide parking uh, open space um, and all the other amenities as written in the text in the PUD on this remaining portion Uh, The existing land use on the subject property in the surrounding area, um, uh, shown on this slide here, Um, on the subject property um, uh, is uh, uh, currently a single unit residence, a residential structure, um, and the property to the south is vacant. Um, Surrounding land uses, the neighborhood to the north is predominantly single unit residential, um, and to the uh, the south is uh, public, quasi-public, and with uh, industrial uses as you extend further out from, uh, from these few blocks of residential. Uh, this slide shows the existing building form and scale. Uh, the subject property is shown down here at the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Um, again, this uh, uh, vacant property um, in, between the, in between the fences here and then the uh, single unit residence um, shown north of that. Uh, the photo to the, um, uh, on the bottom left-hand side of the screen shows some of the residential character in the surrounding area. Um, and the photo on the top left shows the uh, uh, the property that would remain within that uh Uh, former chapter 59 pud so up until this point um, all required informational notices have been sent planning board public hearing was held on november 1st and is forwarding a unanimous recommendation of approval Um, this item went to the land use transportation infrastructure committee meeting twice to ensure that there was adequate uh, uh, public outreach Um, the applicant uh, uh, did renew their public outreach uh, and engagement and and was able to make uh, contact with uh, some of the surrounding property owners as well as um, the uh, uh, representatives from the GES coalition or Goldville Elyria Swansea coalition. Uh, Before this hearing, um, uh, the property was posted, public notice um, was mailed. Um, Up until this point, through the entire process, staff has not received any public comment um uh uh, regarding this case uh this slide uh overviews some of the engagement and outreach efforts from the uh from the applicant um uh, they do have a uh, a letter of support from the united community uh, action network Um, uh, no other registered neighborhood organization has responded to the community's outreach or to the applicant's outreach excuse me Um, uh, and again uh, as detailed in the staff report um, and in the additional attachments um, uh, in Legistar, the applicant did uh, conduct some additional outreach um, to RNOs, uh, the GES coalition, and uh, there's some correspondence included uh, alongside the application materials. Uh, now we'll take a look at the uh, five criteria in the Denver zoning code that are applicable to applicant-driven rezoning requests. Um, we'll look at each of, one of each, each of these in detail, excuse me. Uh, first of which is the consistency with adopted plans. Um, the, there are three applicable um, adopted plans uh, for this uh, proposal. The first two are the citywide plans, being Comprehensive Plan 2040 and the Illyria and Swansea Neighborhoods Plan. Uh, uh, or excuse me, Blueprint Timber, and then the, the uh, area plan, uh, being the Illyria and Swansea Neighborhoods Plan. Uh, so, first, looking at Comprehensive Plan 2040. Uh, the proposal is found to be consistent with several of the goals, policies, and strategies. Uh, uh, primarily, that it does provide a greater mix of housing uh, in this neighborhood, which is predominantly single-unit residential, um, and the proposal would enable um, uh, a greater uh, mix of housing options. Um, multi-unit residential um, is an allowed use, and there are several building forms that would accommodate that use. Um, the proposal would also uh, is also found to be uh, consistent with uh, uh, Goal 3, Strategy B of Equitable, Affordable, and Inclusive Denver, and that these, um, uh, these regu- land use regulations would help encourage um, uh, encourage private development of affordable, missing, middle, and mixed income housing. Um, especially we're close to transit, this property is just over a half mile from, uh, from a light rail station, um, and this current uh, former Chapter 59 PUD does not allow for any, uh, uh, any uh, residential development at all. Uh, finally, um, as overviewed on this slide, there's our additional goals and policies uh, in the staff report. Um, this would allow for infill development where infrastructure and services already exist. Uh, next, we'll take a look at Blueprint Denver, which provides a more nuanced um, uh, guidance on land use and policy decisions. Um, uh, in Blueprint Denver, there are a series of maps um, that uh, look at a parcel level um, of uh, um, and provide guidance uh, for these land use policy decisions. Uh, the proposal is in an urban neighborhood context um, or future neighborhood context. Um, uh, these are areas described as having small, multi-unit residential mixed use areas, um, typically one and two unit um, uh, embedded, excuse me, in, in uh, one and two unit residential areas. Um, uh, the proposed UMS3 has a neighborhood context of U, meaning urban uh, in it alliance with this proposed neighborhood context. Uh, Additionally, Blueprint Denver uh, uh, has a uh, map showing future place types. Uh, The proposal is within a future place type of local corridor. Uh, These are areas described as primarily uh, having options for dining, entertainment, shopping, but may include some residential and employment uses uh, with heights generally up to three stories. Uh, The proposed UMS three zone district would apply, or excuse me, would would provide uh, uh, for all of these uses um, as described in um, in this future place type description, um, and is consistent with the height guidance as well. Um, uh, additionally, um, the proposal uh, would result in a UMS three zone district um, that is adjacent to um, uh, the uh, protected district, um, where uh, transitions um, uh, would be re- required as code by code as needed. Uh, the future uh, growth area strategy map shows the subject property as all other areas of the city Um, uh, these these are areas where we expect to see 10% of new jobs and 20% of new housing by 2040 Uh, the proposal uh, would allow for density um, uh, and and job uh, opportunities that would potentially be consistent with this guidance in addition to those maps blueprint Denver does um, have guidance on on how to integrate equity concepts into uh, our land use decisions, um, primarily through uh, the review of three major equity concepts. Um, we'll review each of one of these now. Uh, they are improving access to opportunity, reducing, reducing vulnerability to displacement, and housing and jobs diversity. Uh, first, looking at the access to opportunity score for the area, uh, the, the the subject property score is a 3.3 out of five with low scores in the social Um, or the um, equity index sub-indicator scores of of, uh, um, child morbidity um, and mortality. Um, Additionally, and this is something that came up during the discussions at Ludi, the subject property is within an area um, that is identified as a food desert, not only by the uh, the Department of Agriculture, but also by the Denver Human Services Index. Uh, In this area, 89% of people are not within a 10-minute walk of a grocery store um uh the proposed district uh would allow for grocery stores um, uh, and would also allow for uh, potential residential density um, in an area um, that may make uh, uh, this more attractive to grocers uh, potentially on the site that is remaining in the pud and could still support a grocery store uh subject property is in an area um, identified as vulnerable to involuntary displacement score of three out of three um vulnerable scores in all three categories percent of population less than uh, a bachelor's degree, uh, percent of renters, and median household income. Um, The uh, subject property has a uh, total housing diversity score of three out of five, uh, with low scores in ownership to rental being not diverse and housing costs being not diverse. Uh, For the jobs diversity analysis, um, this area does not have enough jobs uh, to complete the analysis uh, for this metric. Uh, so now we'll take a look at the Illyria and Swansea neighborhoods plan. Uh, so, uh, as identified in this plan, this specific property is in an area, um, uh, traditional residential area. Excuse me, it's this yellow, yellow area that kind of uh, meanders through the middle of the um, of the plan area. Um, uh, uh, Two highlights from from the overall guidance uh, within this area's description, Um, community uh, seeking to reverse declining population trend um, and also update neighborhood context from urban edge to urban. Uh, The proposal uh, would allow for more density than is currently allowed in the PUD and in the ESUB zone districts um, that exist and also is consistent with this update in neighborhood context. Uh, So the um, Elyria and Swansea neighborhoods plan also has a uh, future land use types um, uh, map. Um, This area is identified as being a mixed use area um, uh, and are described as having both sizable employment base and a variety of mid to high density housing options. Um, Goals include uh, diversifying and increasing employment (laughs) opportunities in this mixed use area um, and encouraging building forms that activate the street. Uh, subject property is identified as an area of change uh, in this plan as well, um, uh, which is described as areas where growth and change should occur um, in these areas of change while enhancing areas of stability, including traditional residential areas. Um, this area of change exists as this corridor along um, along uh, the kind of more central traditional residential area that exists um, uh, to the north. Um, finally, the proposal or the uh, um, uh, Elyria and Swansea neighborhoods plan map uh, shows the uh, maximum building height of the subject property of three stories, uh, which the UMS3 uh, zone district uh, is consistent with. Um, additionally, the proposal is found to be consistent with the uniformity of district regulations criteria and that this UMS3 zone district would be, uh, would have regulations that would be applied consistently with other UMS3 zone districts. And then it it furthers public health, safety, and welfare, uh, primarily through the implementation of the citywide uh, and Elyria Swansea neighborhood plan goals. um, And that is consistent with those maps and helps implement those plans. Um, It provides for a mix of uses, including uh, uh, retail grocery uses um, uh, as currently exist within that PUD um, and also residential. Uh, This also enables the development of a vacant parcel, um, which may have been found to be too narrow for, for development. Um, other than the the parking lot as as identified in the uh, uh, concept plan for uh, for that original PUD. Um, And then also staff conducted an analysis of that remaining PUD portion and found that development uh, would still be feasible, that it could meet all of the required uh, parking minimums, um, open space requirements, um, if the building um, uh, even was expanded slightly from its current footprint today. Uh, the proposal uh, is found to uh, meet the justifying circumstances of a, uh, uh, a retaining former chapter 59 uh, zoning, as well as um, a city adopted plan, and that the, um, that USB, uh, excuse me, uh, ESU, uh, B property to the north um, is identified as an area um, of mixed use um, in the Illyrian Swansea plan, um, as well as a local corridor in Blueprint Denver. Uh, and finally, the proposal is found to be consistent with neighborhood context, zone district purpose, and intent statement and that the, um, uh, the proposal uh, of the UMS3 zone district um, uh, at this location uh, fits with all of these descriptions um, as, as outlined in or detailed in the, uh, the zone district descriptions in the Denver <coughs> Code. Uh Therefore, um, CPD is recommending approval based on finding that all of the review criteria have been met. Um, That concludes my presentation. Applicant is also here uh, to speak to. Thank
10: you.
1: Thank you, Rob. Uh, We have one person signed up to speak this evening and they are joining us via Zoom. Uh, Anna Varela.
13: Hi there, hi everyone. Um, My name is Anna. I am gonna do this a little bit as a two-parter, so please bear with me and have some grace. Um, as I share a little bit of the community concerns. So first, I would like to introduce myself um, in this portion as co-director with Tierra Colectiva. So this portion here is on behalf of Tierra Colectiva and um, you know, Nick did mention there that um, we have not been been able to develop anything together just yet. Um, Tierra Colectiva Community Land Trust does want more time to understand what the community benefits will be of this development. Our first email from Nick was on November 17th, and he did send some additional information similar to what you guys received today to the contacts, to our neighbors in the area on November 28th. In those communications, he did mention that they'd like to receive, love to receive input of what the neighborhood needs, put it on paper to really hold the builder one day accountable for what is desired. I couldn't agree more but at this time tierra colectiva believes that we have not had enough time communication emails meetings with the owner to have a process to name these community needs Um, a couple emails is just not enough to create a successful activated and community serving development although we believe that's possible with partnership um, and with community process Uh, the plan um uh the neighborhood plan that nick is referring to um or excuse me that the presenter is preferring to um is a blueprint that was created prior to the i-70 expansion and therefore there have been massive displacements business destruction and other things in the area that have changed the conditions really since that plan was made. Partnering with Tierra Colectiva, other neighborhood organizations and RNOs would really help this developer understand the current cultural context of the area. They could receive that input of the community needs that they requested and we could create a community benefit um, agreement at least. So that's part one. Taking off that hat, and this is difficult, right? Um, I'm also the stand-in representative while Drew Dutcher is out on assignment for the Illyria RNO, so I also field questions from neighbors in a different capacity. So I will just quickly say, that the Illyria uh, Swansea Neighborhood Association and the Illyria Historic Efforts Group have totally different um, uh, concerns about this project, including that uh, the I-70 expansion meant that so many buildings and businesses and homes and people were displaced. We don't have businesses at all on that corridor anymore, so we really have to be intentional about development. Outside development that doesn't match the area, whether it's mid-century modern or modern, it really doesn't match the area and uh, destroying a Victorian home to add to the 60 homes and businesses that were already destroyed is just not acceptable for this RNO. So please give us more time to engage with the developer. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. That concludes our speakers. Are there questions for members of Council on 23 1716? Councilman Flynn.
3: Thank you, Madam President. It takes a while for that mm-hmm. to show up. Uh, Madam President, I would defer to uh, the council member from the district with my questions, if that's appropriate.
1: Sure. Councilwoman Lewis, do you want to defer as well? Okay, we'll start with Councilman Watson.
10: First thing is, I it, hearing these questions tonight um, from community um, is not an easy process. Um, my office has not received any of this communication that I'm hearing this evening, and so I I, I will come back into the um, the queue, um, uh, Council President. But I, I have mm-hmm. some few a few specific questions of the zoning, um, the UMS three zone uh, district. Um, does that provide for drive through a drive through form? um within that zoning um route yeah. drive you through use would drive drive through use mm-hmm. explain that what what does that mean it would
17: still need to meet the same form standards as the other uh like as far as the uh setbacks from the street as any other urban form like the shop front form yeah um you know what actually i i i think i might have misspoke i i there might be a, um, a, drive-through form. a drive-through form, I apologize. I, I think there is. Yeah, I, I'm trying to picture the, the table in my head. Thank you. Oh, yeah. So I
10: so at least wanted to uh, at
17: least put that out there. And yes. there
10: has been no suggestion, discussion, anything within this process that, that form use was contemplated in this development. It might even be a, a difficult site to locate it on, but I can't. Okay. I wanted to ask the um, the owners um, a, a few questions. It's mostly on um, community engagement, community input. Um, and we know things can change as far as the exact use that's available under UMS3, but I uh, wanted to dig a little deeper into those. So if you don't mind introducing yourself.
18: For clarity, I'm Nick Young with Mod Architecture Plus Design the up- applicant, but the owner is here this evening. In regards to neighborhood outreach Actually, Cole, the owner, did do some neighborhood outreach at the beginning, but I've handled most coordination since then. So if you want to oh, vote those.
10: Yeah, so. well, may, I, may I be, Cole, do you? do you mind stepping forward first? And then, sir, I, if I have direct questions for you, obviously, if you have input, please provide it. So, Cole, do you mind introducing yourself?
18: Good evening, council. Cole, newcomer.
10: So, Cole, I'm curious um, for you to walk us through kind of what your community engagement process is has been based on the documents we have you stated the steps you've taken we did not as of this discussion tonight receive community input beyond the kind of high level um support that rob shared can you talk us through a little bit of what your community process has
18: been uh yeah absolutely um the mostly grassroots kind of knocking on doors um and reaching out to neighbor, neighbors to see if there was any concerns or questions initially you know this process started back in 2022 and um and really nick's been a fantastic partner to help me out with that as a junior developer just trying to uh, look for opportunity there and um um re you know this is my first time going through this process really so nick Nick's been helping me quite a bit on on what the uh, appropriate steps are and who the groups are, the R that need to be reached out to, and the, you know, beyond beyond going and knocking on the neighbor's door, I didn't really have a uh, um, an idea of where to start. So Nick's been a really good resource for that. They answer your question uh, for clarity, yeah. Yeah. Watson. Go ahead. I handled all email and phone conversations. So Anna, what she's speaking to, she's probably speaking to emails that i've sent and that's i, I believe that's why she was referencing correct so Megan
10: call your communication was that did i provide language access did you have that in um spanish english talk about that a little bit when you did knocking on doors i know your um the last speaker spoke to emails start since november 17. i'm discussing the full process of your communication.
18: Sure. Yeah, to recap, in the first looting meeting, a lot of conversation was on the neighborhood outreach. And so, sorry, microphone. And so from there, we actually went back because we didn't get any responses from our reach outs to any of the neighborhood organizations starting in 2022.
12: Hmm.
18: Um, So we reached back out, but a lot of time has elapsed as well. Um, We were going through the concepts middle and initial site plan, uh, similar with this planning department and so forth. Um, Since then, we have, gotten yeah, NOLA with the GES Coalition did get us a great intro email with multiple neighbors into that email. So I've been trying my best just to keep them up to date. So for instance, after our last meeting, I did a follow-up meeting, told them what happened in that meeting. I told them what we're addressing in regards to local neighborhood plans, such as the 40th and Colorado Next Step study. Um, now, in regards to Anna's concerns, I think today this for this hearing for this property, um, from what I gathered in that short minute and a half, she was able to speak to it, the neighbors, there's a lot of nuanced stuff there such as, hey, from what I gathered, we're not necessarily against this building, but we want it to be a reflection of who, where we've been and where we're going. And so in regard, what I heard was a subjective design comment. However, I think, Cole, correct me if I'm wrong, we're totally open to that. And we deal with that a lot in in regards to these projects. Um, So in regards to, extrapolating brick details and, um, or even, uh, I say natural tone, color palettes, things like that. That's super easy for us to do. So I think relative to this rezone process, we still have minimum six months moving forward with this project from a design standpoint, we're just now starting construction documents. Um, So Anna, um, in regards to that order of events, yeah, now's the time, let's get together, let's talk about that stuff since we're implementing it. other than that, in regards to neighborhood outreach, um, I hope that answers your question. But we're open to that back and forth.
10: Yeah, Nick, Nick and Cole, that's that's going
18: to help us. You Rob's hand is going up as well. Yes, thank you.
17: I, you did talk about language access, and just yeah. want to be be clear from the um, from the city's perspective what what we also send out. We send out a postcard um, at the time the application is deemed complete, and then at the um, at the uh, prior to the planning board public hearing, that postcard, that mailing that goes out to all um, uh, property owners within 200 feet is in both English and Spanish. So it's not a, it's not excessive, but there is some um, information where Spanish speakers could could uh, be in touch with us.
0: Um, I'm, I'm grateful for that,
10: um, um, Rob, um, and Nick and Cole. Uh, President um, Torres, may I ask a, is this appropriate to ask a question of you at this point? Sure. Um, I know during Luti, we brought forward specific questions on community outreach and and engagement, and and it appears the team um, before us has done um, some of that work. Some of this stuff coming to light tonight. Is there an opportunity for a date certain for us to do a postponement um, of this? We come back, and and, and we'll be clear in the interim of what that means. Uh, So when the next time we come back, that it is clear, is, 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 it a, is it an appropriate opportunity for um, the council, for me to, to, to request a postponement for a date certain?
1: Um, I'll turn to Anshul just to give us a legal opinion on process, but yeah, I believe so.
2: Sure, thanks council president. Anshul Bagas, Assistant City Attorney. Councilman Watson, you can you can move to postpone either during the hearing or after the hearing is closed. Um, so you can either postpone the decision or continue the hearing. Those are sort of your options. Um, obviously council president, there's a, we need a motion majority vote. Um, in terms of the date I don't have the calendar in front of me so we will need a date certain um, Shannon can help with that or I don't know if council president if you have a date
1: yeah I, I can look it up what I would recommend councilman Watson is to continue with the hearing so that you can get all the um, like a breadth of questions maybe and then we can pick up the decision at a um, postponed date if that works
10: That works. So so Rob, Nick, and Cole, I I appreciate the input you provided. I appreciate input you provided uh, during looting. Madam President, I I do not have any uh, further questions.
1: Okay, thank you. Councilman Flynn.
10: Thank you, Madam President.
3: Uh, Question for, I guess, Councilman Watson, do you intend to make a motion to postpone? I'm wondering if we should all hold our questions then if you're gonna continue with the hearing.
1: Yeah, I think it's a decision factor. If you'd prefer questions now, or we can hold it until um, a date certain. I I,
10: I will entertain. A, I will put forward a question to uh, a motion to postpone. Um, so I think we can entertain questions later. I will um, speak with council members as we normally do. Um, but I will um, put forward a motion for postponement.
1: Okay, Anshul, just for process, I need to get out of the hearing before we do yeah. a motion.
10: That's right. So so in and under that circumstance
2: that Councilman Watson just outlined, you would gavel out, we would close the hearing. If you do wanna open the hearing next time for additional questions, we can do that. So right now you'd gavel out, motion postpone and then it reopen.
1: Okay, since there's the intent to do that from the Councilman for that district, um, let's go ahead and just run with that uh, as our process, um, if folks don't mind. Um, uh, so public hearing is closed uh comments by members of council on 1716 councilman watson your motion
10: madam president i move to postpone um for a date certain Uh, obviously our team will identify that date um, for additional community um, engagement on this this, uh, discussion
1: yep i'm looking right now um at the public hearing dates and shannon i'm not sure are you also
6: Uh, Yes, I currently have January 22nd, January 29th, which are both Mondays and also March 4th, if we wanted something further out. We've got two other hearings on the 22nd, just one on the
1: 29th. Councilman Watson, is there a date you prefer?
10: The the 29th will be perfect, Madam President.
1: Okay. Uh, So um, if you can make your motion for January 29th.
10: I so move for postponement for a date certain of January 29th for this hearing to resume.
1: Thank you. Can I get a voc- an, um, vocal second? Second. Thank you, Councilwoman Lewis. Um, Shannon, would you do roll call, please?
6: Alvidrez? Aye. Flynn? Aye. Gilmore? Aye. Gonzalez Gutierrez? Aye. Hines? Aye. Cashman? Aye. Lewis? Aye. Parody? Aye. Romero Campbell? Aye. Sawyer? Aye. Watson? Aye. Madam President?
1: Aye. Madam Secretary, close the voting and announce the results. 12 ayes. 12 ayes. Council Bill 23-1716 is postponed to Monday, January 29th, 2024. Um, Thank you guys. We'll open the hearing again for questions at that time, but we probably won't need a presentation again, um, and we'll we'll go from there. Thank you all. And thank you for your flexibility around that um our pre-adjournment announcement um that's the only hearing that we've got so on monday february 12 2024 council will hold a required public hearing on bill 23-1985 changing the zoning classification for 4120 north federal boulevard in sunnyside a required public hearing on council bill 23-1987 changing the zoning classification for 61, 73, 75, 87 and 95 North Lincoln Street in Spear and a required public hearing on council bill 23-1989, changing the zoning classification for 3150 West Scott Place in Berkeley. Any protests against council bill 23-1985, council bill 23-1987 or council bill 23-1989, must be filed with the council offices no later than noon, Monday, February 5th, uh, 2024. There being no further business before this body, this meeting is adjourned. Thank you everyone.